Holiday investors can learn from Logan Roy. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's Adam Talks Succession Edition. Well, this is a um, an interesting take on uh, a recent episode of Succession. Um, episode three, Connor's Wedding. This is, uh, if you haven't seen the episode, uh, I would turn off <laughs> this uh, podcast or stop watching or stop listening because um, I'm going to spoil what happened. And this is probably the most uh, monumental episode of uh, four, almost four years of succession, which is my favorite show. Love it. It's on HBO. If anyone hasn't seen it already, you definitely need to watch it. Amazing acting, amazing um, writing, just a brilliant show. But uh, again, spoiler alert, if you have not seen this episode, do not listen any further. Turn off the podcast. Stop watching if you uh, don't want to know what happened in episode three. So I will give you one second to stop and turn off the podcast or video. Okay, so I assume if you are with me now, you probably saw the episode or you really don't care. You have no idea who Logan Roy is. Um, but I'm going to tell you, episode three, Logan Roy who is probably the main character of the show. He's the patriarch, the Rupert Murdoch of uh, Waystar, Royco, the um, you know, made-to-believe Fox-type um, network um, slash movie company slash media company um, who has basically four kids, right, who are all pretty much useless, spoiled. Uh, and he runs a show and... You know, the show's been about succession, right? Episode one, Logan, Logan gets sick um, and he's in the hospital. The idea is that who's going to take over and the kids can't get along and they fight. They all want power and it gets better. He takes control and, you know, things happen for the last several seasons. But now episode three, they kill him off. Logan Roy dies unexpectedly on a private jet going to Sweden to close a business deal on his son Connor's wedding day, which you know <laughs> tells you all you need to know about the person, the man. So I wanted to do this episode because I said, you know what, this kind of stuff happens, right? You can't plan out death in most cases. You know, things happen, right? You just go. Uh, sometimes you just don't have a lot of time to address it. And I've just been in this IRA industry for 13 years, I mean, practicing law 21 years, 22 years. Uh, but in the IRA world for a number of years, and I've seen just lots of stuff, right? A lot of tragedies during COVID, um, different stuff where people just died unexpectedly and, and spouse or the kids, you know, want to track down their retirement account. So I thought this would be a fun way to kind of share some, some tips and ideas that, hey, if you are, um, doesn't matter actually your age, you can be in your 40s or 50s, 60s, 70s, if you have kids um, or you're just very interested in making sure you, uh, your heirs are well protected, and there's a plan in place to, um, you know, make sure that the retirement accounts go to the right person in a timely fashion. Uh, it's an important podcast uh, because uh, there's some some tips you got to think about. So clearly, you know, Rogan Loy is a multi-billionaire. I don't think he cares about his 401k. I doubt his kids care about the 401k, right? You know, I assume he maxed out his 401k for the last you know, 20, 30 years, and he probably has millions and millions of dollars in a 401k. Maybe he even invested it in his company. Maybe he just bought, you know, boring fixed income bonds or, or just, you know, S&P 500. But if you max out, assuming 15, 
thousand plus for the last 25 years, you're going to have millions of dollars, you know, in a tax deferred account. So the question is, okay, Rogan Lloyd dies unexpectedly. Yeah, he's in his early 80s. He's not married. He's got a couple ex-wives. Um, he's got four kids. What happens to the money? So this is kind of the way it should work, right? Generally, for most people that are married, um, hopefully you have a beneficiary form. So there's two ways, two types of documents, obviously, the, that deal with the transfer of wealth on, on death. The first is a will, last will and testament, which you know, dictates where your assets uh, and your estate will, will pass to. Okay. And then there's, for the retirement world, there's a beneficiary form, which should mesh with the will. Because if it doesn't, the case law suggests that the beneficiary form will trump the will. And I've talked about this in various other podcasts where I've seen situations where someone passes, they get divorced, they don't change their beneficiary form because they just get lazy, they forget. And guess what? The ex-spouse is still listed as the primary beneficiary. This person gets remarried. Their intention was to leave the new spouse with the money because the new spouse is in the will as the primary beneficiary. But because there's a conflict, the beneficiary form now shows that the ex-spouse gets the money. Guess who gets the money in the IRA world, the 401k world? The ex-spouse. And there's the case law is you know, seemingly pretty clear on this. So first tip is if you have retirement accounts, and again, we're not billionaires, we're not Logan Roy, but you want to make sure that that beneficiary form is kept up to date. So if you have a change in family uh, situation, whether it's a divorce, a separation, a death, um, God forbid, right? Um, or just, you know, things change in your life, right? You want to make sure your beneficiary form is up to date, especially in the case of a divorce. Um, you, you want to make sure that that document is um, is update is revised and, and meshes with your will. You want the beneficiaries of your retirement accounts generally to, to mesh with the will. So when it comes to a beneficiary form and an IRA or 401k, it's pretty simple. It's generally a one page form where you, you put your name, your, your account info, and you list primary and contingent. Now, generally in most cases, the common approach is the primary is a spouse. If you're not married, Primary could be kids or charity or brother, sister, aunt, uncle, parents, whatever. There's no right or wrong. Just needs to reflect what your true intentions are. And then there's the contingent. So God forbid the primary is no longer with us. The contingents would get the math, the rest. And you can have one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, 25 contingents. You just need to make sure that that percentage interest equals 100%. So you have four kids, you do 25, 25, 25. 25, 25, three kids, you know, 33, 33, 33, whatever it is. Um, so it's a personal document. It's something that reflects your true intentions, your wishes. So there's no right or wrong. But again, the common approach is spouse, primary, and then children contingent. If the spouse goes, you then want to reflect and have the kids as primary. And maybe you want to have like a charity or someone else as contingent. Um, the, obviously, God forbid you're on a plane and your whole family perishes. You know, the contingent would, would then um, you know, re reflect who, who that other party would be. Um, but it's important that you have the beneficiary form and the wills, and they're, they're consistent. Now, you want to keep these documents somewhere safe, somewhere secure, somewhere uh, where your primary beneficiary knows where they are. 
Um, it's not a bad idea to have your estate planning lawyer, if you have one, have a copy of your beneficiary forms. Uh, whoever your primary, your, your trustee, your executor of your estate should know where your retirement accounts are. Um, I've, what I've done personally, I've just, unfortunately, I've lost both my parents. And in the case of my dad, um, you know, dad had cancer. So I, I had some time, unlike Logan Roy, who just died unexpectedly in a bathroom on a private jet. I had cancer, so we knew, you know, for months that it wasn't going to end well. So my dad was straight up, and he basically talked to my sister and I. Say, okay, these are where my, you know, assets are. This is where my bank accounts are. This is where my retirement accounts are. This is even where who I want you to use to sell the house. Um, it's important to be transparent. Now, I was in my early thirties. If I was under eighteen, then. You know, I assume my dad would tell the executor of the estate. Maybe it would have been, you know, a sibling or, or someone else um, who would be in charge. Basically, okay, this is the path forward. This is where the accounts are. This is what I want to happen. I think having transparency, being um, having a, a good source of communication is super important because I've seen it. I've seen it where someone passes and, like, years later, the kid calls up and they're like. I just found out my dad had, or my mom had an account with you. Um, and I look at the beneficiary form and we're like, yeah, you're the primary, like, where have you been? <laughs> um, so you know, in that case, you know, the, the parents were pretty secretive. They didn't tell the kids a lot. It was a sudden death. And now, you know, the kids had to track down the assets. They only found out because they got, uh, they went through the dad's email and they saw emails from us for unpaid fees. So that's what, you know, triggered the, the, children to call up and be like, hey, does my dad or my mom have an account with you? So I've seen it far too often. Now, obviously, you have to know your family, you have to know the situation of your, your, your spouse, your, your children, could they handle this information, but someone should have it, whether it's an accountant, a lawyer, a, a trusted friend, a, a trusted neighbor, uh, someone that's going to be involved in your estate, that should know where your retirement accounts are, and they should be in one place with a set of instructions exactly what to do. On your death. Now, I know it's not the most you know, pleasing type of exercise to kind of go through this and write out, write out a plan. I mean, I'm in my you know, late 40s. I've done it. It sucked. But you know, I felt a lot better. I did it with my wife. And I said, okay, this is where my accounts are. Um, obviously, I refinanced. I got most of my retirement account money here doing all kinds of fun stuff. But, um, you know, I have assets elsewhere where I was like, okay, this is where it is. This is what you should do. This is what I have life insurance. I have this type of insurance. Like you need to understand all this stuff. And I also have no, you know, instructions that God forbid my wife isn't there. God forbid we pass together. You know, someone who would be the executor in that case, my sister would have the information. And so she would know exactly where all these accounts are. So it's a very important exercise because we see, even if you have all the money in the world, like Logan Roy, there's no guarantee that you're going to have a nice, time and you know god's gonna just tap you on the shoulder and be like hey logan you're, you're gonna die in like six months so like you should start preparing no we know life doesn't work that way so it's important to prepare now you're a billionaire logan roy doesn't care his kids don't care about a few million bucks in a 401k couldn't care less but for us we do care even if we have a few hundred thousand dollars in an ira or 401k we care so real quick well how do the requirement and distribution rules work so if you pass and you have your, your wife, your husband, your spouse as a primary beneficiary, the IRA or 401k goes to them 
and they would just move the accountant to their name. It's tax-free, right? It's just a transfer on death. Yes, the IRA 401k is part of your estate, but in 2023, the estate uh, unified credit is like 12 and a half million bucks or so. So as long as your estate's under that number, you're not going to pay any federal estate tax. Now, depending on where you live, like California or New York, you may have some small estate tax depending on the size of your estate. But if you go to a primary, it's tax-free and the surviving spouse will put the IRA and 401k in their name. It's a 401k, generally gets rolled into an IRA because generally the spouse is not going to work at the same business uh, as the ex uh, or deceased spouse. So it's just a triggering event. The spouse leaves, uh, well, obviously they leave their job. They leave this world. So they get a transfer tax-free and the spouse then puts the IRA or 401k in their name. And then they go on. Now the RMB rules now are 73 years old. So once that spouse turns 73, they would take requirement of distributions. If it's a non-spouse, so let's say the primary is a child or brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever, friend, generally you file a table, life expectancy table of the youngest beneficiary, non-spouse, and then they have to take out a certain percentage each year. Now in 2019, Secure Act 1 changed the RMD rules to basically a 10-year rule for pre-tax and even Roths. Right now, Roths have no RMDs. So if you have a Roth IRA and you pass, it goes to your spouse. Your spouse can hold that Roth IRA without taking an RMD forever. But when they pass, then the children have to start taking it out over their life. The new, the new RMD rules uh, is a 10-year rule, but they're still in proposed form. Yeah, I know it's like four years, almost four years, three and a half years. They came out with some proposed regs last March. They made things even more complicated and even more unclear. Uh, instead of just saying it's 10 years, no matter what, once you hit 18, it's 10 years. They proposed like 45 pages of more complex rules. That made no sense. So there's even more confusion. So they're going back to the drawing board to fix them and make it more clear. So basically, you can use the old rule still where it's life expectancy for non-spouse. Um, the 10-year rule hasn't kicked in yet. It probably will this year. Uh, but that's the IRS. You know, it's three and a half years. All they have to do is literally, I could have wrote those regs in like one page. You pass away, non-spouse, 10 years, bang. Whether it's pre-tax or Roth, you have 10 years to pull it out. You can pull it out all one year or all 10 year, or you can do it pro rata. It's 10 years, but no, IRS gets involved. You get bureaucrats uh, pretending to be lawyers. Some are lawyers, some want to be lawyers and they make everything more confusing. Um, crazy, but the way it works. If they actually hire practitioners to, to draft the stuff, it would be a lot better. Um, so, Simply, the biggest tip to take away from today's podcast is this. If um, you have an IRA or 401k, uh, number one, uh, keep the beneficiary form up to date every year. Take a quick look at it. Keep it somewhere safe and secure. Have it with your will. Communicate with your um, accountant, your trust and state attorney, your executor, uh, whether it's spouse, kids, whoever it is. Make sure they have a plan. They understand where the accounts are and you give them instructions detailed instructions. My dad had like a several page list, exactly what to do. I think that makes everything easier. There's less um, stress on the part of the kids because you're like, oh, I know exactly what mom or dad wants to know, do. Uh, it's not like, oh, should we just do this? Should we do that? Tell them exactly what you want. That's the whole point. They're your heirs. They should follow your wishes. Um, and then again, make sure if you have a change in your life, marital status or God forbid death in the family, just keep your form up to date. That's it. So I um, hope you guys, if you are watching Succession, like I am, I'm sure you love it. It's just a 
unbelievably brilliant show. It's actually super funny and just so well written. If you haven't seen it, well, I just kind of blew what happened in uh, episode three, season four. I'm sorry, but you should still watch it because the show is amazing. Even though you know Logan Roy uh, dies, I'm so excited to see what happens over the next seven or so episodes. It's just an amazing, amazing show. And I thought today's podcast would be fun because I get to talk about my favorite show and then also take a lesson from it uh, in terms of, hey, we don't know when we're going to die, especially as you get older. So it's important to plan, communicate, and from a retirement account standpoint, make sure your heirs know where all your money is. Other than that, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, again, obviously, you know, it's a weekly podcast. It drops every Wednesday. So have an amazing day. Enjoy your week. And I'll see everyone again next week. Take care.